we'd like to welcome you to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. In this episode, our consultants tackle finding, hiring, and training top talent for your automotive shop. Here's what's coming up. You know, we just went through a, a remodel. Uh, you know, we want we want our image to match our product, right? Depending on which test you're running, there's some different things that become really important. Uh, when you have someone that has very low trust and a high need for recognition at the same time, that's not someone I'll hire. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you've got two that are identical, basically, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you've got to find some deciding factor there, right? For a better business, a better life, a better industry, the Institute's leading edge. Excited to actually be on here today. Get to put my face out there. Um, I wanted to start by introducing everybody. Uh, of course, we have on the call BJ Lee, uh, Patrick Howard, my dad, Cecil Bullard, and myself here to answer your questions. Uh, this is a show. We want to see your guys' questions, um, cover some topics that, that have been like in our Facebook group uh, and brought up with uh, within the social media channels. Um, the main discussion for today is going to be about uh, advertising and attracting good employees, uh, the interview process, uh, and then training them as soon as they get hired. So to start off, uh, I want to introduce a question. What is your approach to attracting employees? What are you guys looking for? And I think I want to start with BJ on this one. Figures. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, um, I, I'd say the approach is uh, I, I think we want to be the model. I think we want to be the best in the industry. We want to show that. We want to project that out there right uh, for potential employees you know when they're looking for a place to go if we project that image that we are the best um, then it's obviously going to help you know the qualified people that we're looking for to to come after us um, in my business um, I kept that image uh, all the time I had good qualified people working for me um, but uh, we had uh, you know real good benefits and we took care of our people that were paid well uh, and we were profitable so we could uh, pay them well. So um, I would say that, uh, you know, we want to um, uh, have the best reputation out there so we can attract the best reputation in the people that we're looking for. So when you're, when you're, what do you mean by attract? So in the advertisements that you're putting out there for, for say tech, uh, techs or service advisors, what, what are some of the verbiage that you would use well, some of the birds I would do is be say, here's what we have to offer, right? And I would have a list of, of things. So what is it that you're looking for, right? And what is it that we have to offer them? So uh, it's twofold. You want to, you want to uh, put out there a list of things that we can provide to them if they're qualified to work for us. And for you to be qualified for us, we're going to have that list of items uh, that we want them to show that they have to where we can get that mutual agreement and get an, a, an interview process started with them. Right. Yeah. Get them in. So, get mm -hmm. them interested. Um, Patrick, what's some of the things like, so take for instance, the group, I know that Tatsu was doing some, some kind of like guerrilla tactics to get out there and get exposure. Um, what's something that could set you apart from other shops that are advertising for employees? Well, <clears throat> I think the, the key is uh, at least for me, you know, we just went through a, a remodel. Uh, you know, yeah. we want we want our image to match our product, right? Um, everything has to uh, work together. So uh, that was that was important for me to get that done, so that uh, potential new employees that I may hire in the future will see that. Uh, not only that, but you know, we want to have a good benefits package. Uh, we want to have a clean. Uh, spacious work environment. Um, you know, when when I interview guys, and I've interviewed quite a few, um, I like to let them go talk to the other employees uh, to find out what kind of uh, place this is. You know, uh, one of my guys the other day, you know, came up to me and told me this is the best job he's ever had. He's never had, you know, worked at a shop like this. Um, you know, and and when hiring. You know, I, I, for me, I, the, the, the potential employees um, attitude is, is almost as important as their skill level. 
um, because they've got to fit with the team and the culture that we've created. Yeah. Um, what was the other question here? Um, so, so one thing I wanted to take into account, so getting, getting out there and getting exposure to um, potential uh, applicants, um, is there ways that you can, can kind of mitigate the, the shortage that we're experiencing? Um, <laughs> like where, where in your distribution channels, where would you be putting those, those applications out there? How do you get I, more exposure? I, I, I think you got to go backwards about five steps. <clears throat> and uh, I think, you know, one of the most important things is have you created the environment that is going to attract and make a high performing uh, employee satisfied and happy and able to achieve success in your business. Um, you know, when, when you think about, I'm going to go advertise for somebody in the sense of sending an ad out, if it doesn't attract the right person, why do it? If you don't have what it takes, I mean, you can attract people. Hey, come on in. We'll give you $10,000, you know, to, to come in and, and work for us. They're going to come in and then they're going to not like the place because it's not clean or it's not organized. They don't have the tools they want or they don't see themselves as being successful there, which I think is probably one of the most important pieces is how do you create an environment that where the employee can see themselves being successful uh, within your business? We've got a lot of guys uh, out there that are available that are switching jobs because they're not busy enough at the shop they're at. They don't see themselves as being successful there. Um, so I think before you even run an ad, I mean, there's a million places to run an ad. There's, there's lots of things to do there, but before you do that, you better create a really good environment, uh, in your business for that person so that they can see themselves being successful within your company. And then yeah. you better decide who you want, uh, you know, what your culture is, because if you bring the wrong person into your culture, it's going to screw your culture up. Uh, and, and you may lose some really good people or they won't fit in. It, it was interesting, uh, in talking, I don't know, maybe it was even this morning, we're teaching a class kind of on this stuff. Um, you know, the uh, guy said, uh, uh, you know, one of the shop owners said uh, he's got a lot of older employees. And so if he brings a young guy in, you know, a, a millennial, a 28 year old or whatever into his business, <laughs> the guy doesn't seem to fit. Uh, because he doesn't have the same commonalities with the rest of the employees uh, within the business. Uh, I, I imagine that that also probably is part of the struggle. Do I fit in here? Um, you know, it's, it seems like you, you become kind of a community uh, or a family in your business. A lot of the yeah. small businesses, it's almost that way. Um, and and, and you, better, you better determine, you know, what you want. You know, when I grew up, you know, my uh, family life was, was fairly crazy, actually. And when I decided I was going to have my own home, I decided I wanted a home that was peaceful, quiet, uh, no screaming, yelling, no hitting. And we haven't always achieved that in, in our house. Um, but I can tell you that um, our home is 99% uh, screaming, yelling, and hitting free. Um, so most of the time, we, we hit the mark. Uh, uh, I think the same thing necessarily goes true in your business that you determine what you want for a company. And, and, and then I think you better think also about having all high performing employees, uh, in talking to bill the other day, interesting study, they took uh, chickens and they took the highest producing the biggest chickens and they took 12 of them and put them in one group and they put the rest of the chickens in another group. And uh, uh, in three weeks, the group that had the 12 highest performing chickens um, only had three chickens left. The others had been pecked to death by the other chickens in the group. Um, and, and, you know, when you have all high-performing people, all demanding people in your company, they have a, they have a tendency to peck each other to death. Uh, uh, and especially at that point, you need, you need to have some management uh, in place. Um, I, I think it's a great... I think it's a kind of a, almost a great <laughs> thing to think about, right? Um, are we pecking our? You go into a company and you, and, and you ask the, you know, the, you ask the employees and say, "Hey, well, why is this place not working well?" And and, and you get this, right? It's everybody but me. I, I um, 
you better decide what you want and you better decide who fits in that first before you ever yeah. think about advertising out there because then you're just wasting your time. Uh, uh, you know, you got um, Patrick, not not our Patrick today online, but uh, Patrick McHugh in, uh, in Virginia. He's got a great shop. Uh, he's got people waiting in line uh, to come to work for him. Uh, and I think because it's clean and it's neat, that's a small piece of it. But I think more importantly, the atmosphere, the environment is a, is a successful environment where, um, you know, if I could choose a place to work, uh, I might want to work there because I, then I could see myself being successful, right, and, and, and kind of winning, uh, winning the game. So first, better decide who you want to be um, before you ever run an ad. I would say I would say at this point then so once you do identify who who your your target employees would be what's the vetting criteria so so who who are the candidates that you look and say okay now I want to invest the time in doing either a phone interview or an in person interview where you bring them in um BJ Well I think the vetting process uh for me would be a, a few different things right I mean you're going to want to do a background check yeah. Um, maybe some third-party screening, drug tests. Um, I think I would screen their social media to find out what type, what type of uh, image they have out there. You want to be careful how you're doing that stuff because you don't want to create issues behind that and discrimination and stuff like that. But uh, um, that would be a way also, you know, phone verify the references, check job histories, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, and check for their honesty. As you're asking questions, as you're looking at things, you know, making your notes as to what they've said, what statements they've made. So when you're doing the vetting process, you're not finding conflicting stories, right? So that that's, uh, uh, you know, a few things um, that, that you might want to do to to vet your people. Okay. What about you, Patrick? Well, uh, I think you know, BJ nailed it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, there's a lot of things, you know, for, for me, um, I can train a guy up, you know, the big thing is, uh, and Cecil touched on this too, is, is getting the right people that fit your culture. But, um, you know, backing up even further, uh, if you're a shop that doesn't have culture or, in, or your culture's broken, uh, that's where we get the revolving door of, uh, technicians. Um, uh, you know, Cecil made a great point. You know, if, if I can't see, you know, when I was teching, you know, if I couldn't see myself being successful at this shop, I didn't want to work there. You know, if the shop was dirty or crowded, you know, I had, I had serious reservations about going to work there. So now that I'm an owner, um, I, I, I really, uh, Culture is number one for me, creating a, a, an atmosphere where everybody can win, you know, getting everybody invested in what we're doing, uh, you know, uh, invested in who we are. And, and that, that has to be the, the, primary, the primary focus of, of, of the shops. You got to figure out who you are first. Uh, who do you want to be? And then, and then hire your people accordingly. You know, uh, you know, Cecil made a great point. You know, when you have the right culture and, and you have a, a good business where people can win and be successful, um, you don't have to be the busiest shop around. But if you have all those other things, uh, people can see themselves working there and, and word will get out. You know, uh, eventually you'll have a line like Patrick does, you know, around the corner of, of techs wanting to work there. Um, you know, I, I, I interviewed a guy, uh, with Tatsu the other day, um, young kid, nice kid. Um, and everybody asked the vetting questions about, you know, how, how he would fit into the culture. So I took the tact of asking some technical questions, you know, so there has to be a balance, you know, they, they've got to have the technical knowledge, but they've also got to fit the culture we've created in our business. Okay. Um, so Hans Jorgensen and uh, Seth Orson, they, they both kind of asked about um, disk assessments and Burke testing. Uh, is that... Dad, you want to take it back? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think they're essential for anyone that is going to play a sales or a, a management or leadership role in the business or that might in the future play a sales or leadership role. 
And depending on which test you're running, there are some different things that become really important. Uh, when you have someone that has very low trust uh, and a high need for recognition at the same time, that's not someone I'll hire. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, when I'm a D personality, uh, according to disc testing, the C's make me a bit crazy. Uh, so at the very least, you want to know who your people are and you want to know what the tendencies are going to be uh, so that you, you're able to, to fit them in the right places and the right pieces. You know, we're small business. Uh, I need a tech who's going to be a tech who's going to pump out 50 hours worth of quality work. But I also want someone that's going to get along with other people that's going to be happy to be here. Um, years ago, I had an injury. Uh, it was life-changing and at the time, I decided I wasn't going to work with miserable people anymore, unhappy, miserable people. Um, I want to know if you're going to be happy, too, if you're going to come into my place and and uh, enjoy and, and uh, have some fun because that's important to us. So I think, yeah, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you even one more. Before you get to the personality test, I'm going to do a basic math, uh, English, uh, handwriting, typing test with you because I want to know if you can uh, communicate. One of the biggest uh, problems we have with people is uh, their lack of good quality communication uh, in the shop. You can't even get your culture right if you if you can't talk about it. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run one of those kind of tests also. But yes, uh, I I haven't tested everybody in the shop. I mean I have in certain shops, but certainly anyone that would be in management, uh, uh, maybe leadership or even uh, in sales, I better figure out who they are at the very least so that I know how to deal with them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to take a minute here uh, before we go into the next segment. Um, what do you guys uh, think we should cover in our next episode? It's going to be on the 21st um, of June. Uh, ask us questions. Submit to uh, questions at, at ifrabe.com. Uh, let us know some topics you, you would like to see us cover. Um, uh, for all, a lot of our, our services, our education is online. Uh, we have a wonderful LMS uh, that has a lot of our courses. In fact, even the one that we're filming today uh, will be produced and put online that includes testing. Um, a, a lot what, what, of is, what, what does LMS stand for? Oh, uh, learning management system. So like oh. you can go on and take a course uh, rather than having to, to go out and uh, you can take it on, on your cell phone if you wanted to. It includes videos, pictures, um, workbooks, all of that good stuff. Cool. Um, so moving on to our second topic, now we would go into the interview process. So once you've actually vetted these guys, you've got them in, um, what's, what's the first thing you do when you've got somebody? Uh, <laughs> We're um, getting... First of all, you need, you need to have a, <laughs> you need to have a, multi, uh, a multi-part interview. Um, many of the people that are going to answer your ad are going to not be even qualified to really come in for an interview, but you got to figure that out. Uh, you know, I was, I was in, uh, Oklahoma for one of my clients, uh, interviewing and I got there that day. We knew we were going to interview. And he said, uh, I said, okay, who are we interviewing? He said, well, we had 14 applicants, but nobody was qualified. Uh, I think he overpicked out people because we didn't have anybody. I actually went back through it. I found three, we interviewed three. We actually hired one person out of the group. Uh, if you're not interviewing, you're not hiring, but I would tell you, you know, when you, when you decide who you want to clarify that and, and, and write a list of the qualities, those would include skills and, um, attributes, attributes being happy, honest, uh, skills being, I can fix cars. I've, I've had 10 years of experience fixing cars, um, we always ask certain questions on the phone. So send me a resume. Uh, we blind, um, we, we blinded that. So you, it wasn't at, you know, Larry's auto works. It was send me a resume at autojobs.com or something. Um, once they sent a resume, we contacted them with four or five phone questions. I mean, if you ask them what they valued their tools at and they said a thousand dollars and you're looking for a guy that's got eight years experience, you got the wrong guy. Yeah. Uh, if he says a hundred thousand dollars, now we're talking that somebody's invested in themselves and their tools, etc. So you do your first interview on the phone to determine if they could come in and speak with the man. 
Um, when they come in, then you do an interview that is about your culture. So it's a cultural interview. Hey, here's what we do here. Here's how exciting it is. Here's the opportunity. Uh, can you see yourself working here? And then if you really like the guy or gal, now you do a technical interview that is, um, you know, we've got a 2013 Ford truck in here. It's not shifting properly. Uh, there are no codes. You know, what do you do about that? And, uh, and you look for process, how they follow process. So I'm going to do a multi-part interview. And then last, I got a fourth interview and that's going to be the staff that the person, the people that this person is going to work with, or a couple of them that are going to interview them to see if they fit in, in our culture, if they, they'll be a good fit. I, I always have my staff interview first. <clears throat> and if they, if they say no, I won't hire the guy or gal. If the staff says, no, they're not going to be a good fit. We won't be able to work with this person. Is it, is it just a no, or do you need to have them give reasons as to why? Oh, I think you're always looking for the reasons. I mean, if it's a, you know, sometimes um, you'll look at a really high performing employee coming in and, and they may, the, the, the people you have might feel threatened. Uh, and obviously that yeah, can that's be what I'm kind of leading to that can be a mess uh, uh, because you, here's a guy that could really make that uh, for instance, um, you know, Kent uh, uh, interviewed for our, um, uh, uh, for the last position. And, uh, um, you know, you, you're like, you got an older guy that's got lots of skills and lots of um, experience. Then you got another guy, not as much experience, not as much skills. And then, uh, uh, you know, a younger person like you, Kent, you, you're like, I don't know if I want to hire this guy. They might be hard to manage. Well, yeah, a good guy is going to be hard to manage and you better figure that out. But you, you'd rather have someone that's a little difficult to manage, but is manageable than somebody that you don't have to manage at all. Right. So you're looking for that person that's going to challenge the other people around them, including you. I always say that you want to hire people that are better than you, if at all possible. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I guess uh, let's move it to Patrick. Uh, one question I, I, I want to ask is, where do people usually fail when they do interviews? Where do they usually fail? Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, if you're asking the right questions on the phone, uh, you know, you usually get the right people in. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen some strange things interviewing. Um, I, I can't pinpoint one specific, uh, area where I see them fail. But, uh, if I had to pick one, I would say, uh, they usually fail on the technical. Um, a lot of guys saying they have, uh, you know, X amount of years experience and they've worked at all these shops. Uh, when I start asking technical questions, they falter. Uh, that's usually where, uh, I catch liars. Can, can I, uh, let me yeah. jump in here. Cause I, I think if I interpret the question properly, it's the interviewer that fails. And how that, do the That's kind of what I was fail? asking. How do the interviews right. so 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 let me let me give you an example of a perfect failure. Um, I'm gonna interview BJ. He's gonna be my guy here. Hey BJ, um, you know, we really like productivity here. Uh, our guys, uh, they're fifty hour guys, fifty hours a week, and uh, and uh, man, they, they know how to put the work out, the uh, high quality fifty hour week. Now BJ, how many hours do you put out? Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable around 35 hours Yeah, because I, like, I, like I like to do really, but my work is really, really good. And re I really okay. double and triple check my work. So, yeah. Um, one interviewers fail a lot because of the way they ask questions. They give the person the answer to the question and then they ask the question. You don't want to you know, you don't want to go into an interview unprepared. So you want to have some questions that you can ask. Uh, you want to have a list of things and, and you're really kind of looking for side stuff. You're, sometimes you ask a question just really to uh, 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 um, distract them from the next question. Uh, uh, and, and I think interviewers that, that are not prepared uh, and that give the answers to the question are the ones that fail. You're, you're always going to hear what the guy, you know, oh, he's such a great interview. Well, yeah, you told him exactly what to tell you. Uh, of course he was a great interview. Either that or he was stupid and he said 35 hours and you're going to terminate that. <laughs> no, he's out. Um, so you got to be careful. That, I, 
I think what you're saying there, obviously, is right, interviewing too quickly, just rushing them through an interview process and not doing that multi, multi-part interview, right? I mean, we have to spend the time with them and go through the process. If we just go strictly by gut in a 10-minute interview, more than likely, you're going to churn people, right? I, 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 was, I always had kind of had a rule that um, in one interview, I wouldn't hire. Now, I've broken that rule more than once. I broke that rule when I, when I hired BJ. Um, but... <laughs> but I can tell you that probably 90% of the time I, I don't hire on a first interview. I always wait, bring them back, have them talk to somebody else. Um, we had a guy come in. I loved, I thought he was fantastic. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sending him to the group interview. Uh, and, uh, Phil, our guy, Phil was like super anal about all this stuff. And, and after the interview, Phil comes in my office and I'm like, Oh, we hiring this guy. And Phil's like, are you, stupid did you miss something Cecil and I was like excuse me what he says did you notice this guy had a felony and I was like no I didn't notice and I said um well what was the felony and and it was child molesting twice two felonies so so I missed it completely the guy was good he is the presentation was good Phil picked up on the pieces for me so also having multiple interviews can be good because you might fool me because, you know, I'm giving the vibe, but maybe you don't fool Phil or you don't fool BJ. So, yeah, it's taking some time uh, with the person, uh, at least probably 24 hours uh, before you make any real decision and having at least a couple of interviews with the person is a good idea. Yeah, I think we, I think we interviewed Kurt like four times. And BJ, you helped me interview on one of those when you were in here. Um, well, just to clarify, see, so you're a lot smarter than you were 35 years ago when you hired me. <laughs> a lot older, too. <laughs> so, Patrick, you want to say something? No. I had a parts guy walk in. <laughs> I told oh. you, get out. Get out. Get um, out. I was going to say, um, so say you've got two candidates, um, and they're both equally qualified. They're both equally uh, cold, fit culturally. How do you how do you uh, toss the coin? Uh, and I want to throw this question uh, at uh, BJ because the better looking one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody was thinking it. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I mean, if you've got two that are that are um, identical, basically, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, you've got to find some deciding factor there, right? Um, but I think uh, it's not going to come to that because if you do the, the multi-part uh, multi, uh, interview, I think you're going to come to a conclusion much easier. I think when you're doing it yourself and you've got two people and they're pretty much qualified, you're near to think, well, you know, I don't I'm not sure. That's why it's always nice to have the multi-part. So um, for me, I would, I would go up. It was, if I was doing it myself, I would obviously uh, go by my gut and by, you know, the way that that person carried themselves, you know, the, 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 the esoteric things, the things that are hard to put your finger on are where this, this makes this, this comes into play. So in, in, in our shops, um, we had, uh, uh, you know, uh, he seemed honest to me and one through 10 and, and, uh, he seemed energetic one through 10 and, and, you know, it's hard to put your finger on that. But I think when you get done with the interview, when you sit down and you say, wow, that guy really, he was seemed really honest. He gets a nine on that. Um, those are the things that will set someone else apart. So you want to set aside some of those, you know, hard to put your finger things on, but you still make a judgment. You, you create a scale. You know, I think we had like 15 questions that had to do with that kind of stuff. And uh, he was on time click. Yeah. He gets a 10 for that. Or, you know, uh, uh, his handwriting is better. Uh, he types more, uh, uh, he types faster. Uh, you know, I mean, there are, there are real things that you can look at in their, in their uh, uh, job skills. But then there's these other things like honesty, et cetera, kind of come to play. Yes, sir. Ahead, Patrick. I, I think if I had a situation like that, um, I would probably uh, take, take the person out for uh, lunch or dinner, uh, each of them, and, and see interpersonally, try to get, uh, put them at ease and just kind of have a conversation with them and see which one, uh, kind of fit better. You know, there's lots of people that put on their best face for interviews, but you put them at ease and just kind of see how they act in a, uh, uh, non 
work type setting and 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 that might give you a better uh feel for who might be the right one too there's also another uh, another piece of that i always um before i made a job offer to someone at least in an important position I, I wanted to go out to dinner with them and their significant other uh, because when you get them around uh, their their spouse, their mate, their significant other, whether you, you know, um, and see how they treat each other and how they talk to each other, it's going to give you a good, it's going to give you a good sense of, you know, what's going to happen later. I mean, I, I tell you the truth, I've met a couple of guys, and and once I met their wives, I, I wouldn't hire them um, because I knew the kind of pressure that would be going on at home and. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that actually affects work. And I've lost oh, yeah. lots of employees because of, you know, what was going on at home, the divorce, the, the, yeah. the alcoholism, the, the things that are created by that bad relationship. Um, if he can't show his wife respect, uh, uh, it's unlikely he's going to show his boss respect. Uh, well, so I think of what he's doing to clients and customers. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the funny thing is some people are just great interviewers and they can put on a great act for that hour or three hours of uh, time that you're going to have conversations with them. Um, and then you hire them and two or three weeks later, you're, you're starting to figure out it's just not the guy. Yeah. Um, so what, would, what, what are some of those things that you can do to protect yourself just in case? I mean, I know what we do, but um, Patrick, what would you do to protect yourself against hiring a um, kind of a bad apple who, who interviewed well? Uh, I don't understand exactly what you're asking. So say they did a great interview. They were uh -huh. the guy uh, and you get them started in, in, your, in your company and they're working, but they're not anything like they interviewed as. Well, we have a 90-day probation period. Um, uh, that's right off the top, you know, because uh, you don't know. Like you said, you know, a lot of people are good interviewers, and you don't know until they're actually there and working. And, and sometimes it takes, uh, you know, a month before they start feeling comfortable enough to really act themselves. Um, so, you know, we, 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 uh, we make it clear there's a 90-day probation period, uh, you know, because if you, you can't keep a bad apple, somebody's going to poison the well. Yeah. What do you think? BJ? I hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, fi and, and fire fast. Take them out and shoot them if you have to. Um, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing I think that becomes really important in in, uh, in in thinking about that is that I have to be looking for employees always. Yep. Uh, I think you know it's kind of like uh, marketing. Guy will. He'll spend a bunch of money on marketing and his shop's over full today. So he'll quit the marketing. And then the problem is, is that three weeks from now, they won't have any work. They won't have any marketing to, to supplement it. It's the same with finding people. You're constantly interviewing. You're constantly talking to technicians. You're putting yourself in positions and places where you can uh, uh, talk to technicians and service advisors, potential service advisors. Uh, you got your eyes open all the time. And you you run an ad. Uh, how often do you run an ad? Uh, at least twice a month. You're running something. Uh, if you don't interview, you can't hire. If you don't have people in a pipe pipeline, if, when you need somebody, it's going to be three months before you can fill your pipeline. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to do that. All right. Um, I think this is a good uh, spot to transition. Um, Patrick, I know you've got our spotlight for this show. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Norris. Over at uh, uh, Bavarian Workshop. Workshop, yeah, uh, he is doing a fantastic job. Uh, he had some uh, employee issues, uh, lost two good guys, uh, yet he's still on track to reach his goal of a million two this year. Um, last time I was out there, his numbers were fantastic, awesome. uh, hitting all of his marks. Uh, Mark, big shout out to you, doing a fantastic job with some. Uh, uh, Marks against him, you know, having uh, lost, lost two techs this year, uh, and he's still on track, so he's doing a great job. Good job, Mark. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I also want to let everybody know uh, one, of, one of our upcoming classes uh, is an advanced marketing course uh, in Stanford, Connecticut. I think that's one of the World Pack classes we're doing uh, July 7th and 8th. Uh, you guys can check out information on our website at uh, ifrabe.com. Um, and also check out some of our other services. Uh, again, if you guys have any questions, put them down in the comments below. Um, we'll try and fit them in and, and, and answer them. 
uh, as we go along. Um, our next topic is going to be uh, how do we integrate new employees? So say you've hired somebody, right? Um, BJ, what's the first thing you do? I, I, I lost part of that. Once they're hired, what's the first thing you do? How do you, how do you integrate new employees? Well, once you've hired someone, you're going to want to uh, train them on your process and procedures, right? You want to get their buy-in, set their goals, set the expectations. Uh, that's some of the first things that I would do. Um, you know, make sure that they know exactly what their function is, exactly what's going to be expected of them, what their goals are, and so forth, and, and, and train them on that stuff. Um, that's very important that we get that done. A lot of people don't do anything. They just put the you know, put the pen in their hand or put the, the wrench in their hand and tell them go to work. Like, and then they don't uh, have none of that stuff in place. How, how do you get them invested? So you mentioned getting them, getting them invested in the vision. How do you do that? Well, I think part of that, you're doing that during the interview process. You want to already start to get them uh, vetted and get them invested in your company and stuff. And, and, uh, and obviously, you're, you're doing that every day that you're in business. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're doing that stuff, right? Um, because you want to be able to track the right people. So when you're hopefully got the right people coming in, you're, 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 you've been slowly building this value and building that buy-in for them naturally, right? Make yeah. sense? Uh, Dad, you're it. You look like you're itching. To... I'm always itching. Um, <laughs> uh, He's two things. He's uh, two things. Uh, um, Kool Aid. You, you make them drink the Kool Aid. So mm -hmm. you know, you get the, the you get the jar out. You get the glass. You pour it, and you say, "Here's some Kool Aid. Drink it." Um, you know, if you did the right interview when you did your your second interview, which is about your company and your culture, you've already started to get them drinking the Kool Aid. Um, the second thing, and I think really, really important is having a mentoring program. Uh, you know, you come into our company, uh, uh, you're going to have people that you work with that are going to work with you. They're going to show you our processes. They're going to sign you off on the sign-off sheets. Uh, we want to know that you can do a break job before we let you do a break job. Uh, we want to know that you know how to torque uh, lug nuts before we, you know, let that break job go out the door. And I want someone looking over your shoulder who is one of my better employees that understands our systems and our processes. Um, one of the reasons that shops struggle is by having a poor uh, inspection system. So they've got a lot of cars coming in, but they're just not, they're not able to find the work or, or, or present the work or sell the work. Well, we, we want to know that you know how to not only inspect the car, but how to fill the paperwork out correctly so that the service advisor can then go do his job or her job. Uh, so having a good, mentoring program with sign-off sheets, uh, lists of what you want these people to learn, where their mentor and the manager and the, the new employee can sign off on things. Um, I think also having regular communication in your business, uh, you know, having that weekly meeting that they get involved in and they get to see that you communicate with your employees, bringing them in your office and saying, hey, how's it going? What, what, what do you think? And you know, uh, are you struggling with anything? What can we help you with? Uh, all of those things are, I think, really important to make uh, someone feel good about being here and, uh, and that they can be successful. I'll add one last thing and then I'll, I'll turn it over. But I think in order to have a, a successful employee, whether they're new or whether they're old, they've been there a long time, is that when they have a problem, that there's a, a place that they can talk about it. I don't have the tools I need. Um, uh, uh, I'm not happy with the way the parts are going, you know, something. If I have regular communication in my business because that's how I set my business up, then there's a, and they can see that the other employees are involved and invested in the company. Uh, I think that, that that helps them also be involved and invested. So have the right culture with the people you have. Uh, make sure they've drank the Kool-Aid first before you bring somebody else in. If you if you come into a group of 10 other people that do it this way and, and, and are excited about the company, most likely that the, the next employee that comes in is going to be excited about the company and do it this way also. So you kind of talked about a, a mentorship program um, that you've put in place. Um, take, taking one of your guys who's, who's been around for a while, who do you choose and what would that look like? Or what should well, that look like? I, I think sometimes we make a mistake in that we choose our most apt or best technician 
to mentor the new technician that comes in. That's not necessarily the right choice. I mean, if I have, um, you know, high tech, it's all about me. I produce 16 hours a week, get out of my way tech uh, in the Bay. And then I put him with my junior guy. He's going to scare my junior guy off. It's not going to, it's not going to work. Um, if you do, if you mentor employees on a regular basis, uh, and you allow your best people, your people that do the job, the best, your people that are, um, you know, they, they, if you cut them, they would bleed the Kool-Aid. Um, uh, that's the kind of, those are the kind of people that I'm kind of looking for more as mentors. I also want them to be able to do the job, understand how we do the process, but that's, that's fairly simple. I think, um, make sure that whoever's, and then the other thing is don't let the mentor be completely and totally in charge. Uh, uh, the manager has to sit down with the, the mentor and the mentored a, a weekly and, and discuss the, what's going on uh, and make sure that uh, they're both able to set your people up for success as much mm-hmm. as you can. And then they're most likely to be successful. I see Patrick shaking his head. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I do. I, I actually rotate guys working with the new guys. Um, uh, I'll have, you know, one of my guys working with them for, for a day or so, just kind of walking them through our processes, how we do the inspections. Um, uh, double, I'll even go out there and, uh, you know, ask some pointed questions when we have a, you know, I, I feel good that they know how to do breaks. Uh, we we, we give them, you know, a water pump job or whatever. Have you done this before? Uh, walk me through your process. Okay, uh, Miguel, you go ahead and uh, work with him today. And, you know, I rotate the guys just so everybody gets a chance to uh, bond with them and uh, get to know how they work, uh, just so everybody's involved. Um, so I'm going to pull a question from the comments. Uh, Gary Olson, and this one I'm going to give to you, BJ. Gary Olson said, how do you actively recruit without having an open position? You just recruit. I mean, you're, you're constantly, it's just having an ad out there constantly. We're always hiring. It's like having that uh, um, on, your, on your website, right? right? Uh, opportunities. We're always looking for fantastic people, for the best people, right? Um, you know, you, you just never know when something is going to change. Uh, one of your best people could get hit by a bus on the way to work. I hate to see that happen, but it happens, right? Um, somebody can walk in, things change in their lives. Um, so um, I just think you need to always just be prepared for it and be looking. Uh, whether you need one today or you need one six months or a year from now, um, the process is the same. You need to continually be looking. I got a perfect example. Uh, I got a call. I got a call this morning. And I got a call about a week ago from two shop owners, uh, both looking for techs. They got blindsided their techs, their lead techs left just out of the blue. And neither one of them were actively looking for people. And now they're in a panic trying to scramble and find somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know uh, I have an ad out there monthly. I don't do it bi-monthly, but I, I, I keep an ad out there every month just and continually interview people just so I have a stack of phone numbers I can call just in uh, case, just in case. That's right. Well, you kind of have this, um, you kind of have this, uh, this men- mentality. I have, I have kind of have the weakest link mentality. If, mm-hmm. if you know, I've been doing this a long time. Like BJ said, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I've got guys that all of a sudden get a DUI and now they can't drive cars. And how do you have a tech that can't drive cars? And, and, um, and so I'm always looking for someone that's better than what we have. Uh, uh, I don't think that employees should have to worry about their position if they're doing a good job, but if you're not doing the job that I absolutely need you to do, which is hit the targets and the goals, then, and, and somebody else comes along that could be far better. I'm, I might make the shift. Um, you know, it, it seems heartless, but but, but frankly, I just know what happens. I know that, uh, wow, everything's great today. And then tomorrow, you know, the guy comes in and says, Hey, I'm giving you my notice. Uh, I, I, the guy offered me $2 more an hour and, you know, okay, you know, see ya. Who's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want those, mm-hmm. you know, the <laughs> one thing that Patrick's done, um, again, not, not our Patrick online today, but He's got art shows that he does monthly in his by local artists in his building, and he invites guys. 
he invites techs out uh, uh, and service advisors, potential techs and service advisors, out to lunch. Um, you know, like uh, I don't know exactly once if it's once a week or once a month, but he's going to lunch with a tech, knowing, hey, I don't have a job for you, um, but uh, you seem like a great guy. I'd like to take you lunch, get to know you a little bit. And 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 of course, uh, he's happy. He loves his shop. He's going to talk good about his shop, and now. Someone else knows what might be there. It's it, it, it's just going to create, you know, this wheel that's just going to keep spinning faster and faster and faster yeah. uh, if you keep it up. Uh, I've got a, a client that uh, does Facebook uh, poaching. Uh, you know, they look uh, look at people in uh, in certain positions on Facebook, and then they they uh, they send them an email uh, or a, a message through Facebook. Hey, I don't know if you're looking for a job, but uh, you look like you'd be a great tech. I'd, I'd love to interview you, even though I'm not hiring right now. Uh, um, or, or maybe I am hiring right now. Uh, you know, you need to create these methodologies uh, that are, that are going to get you a resume sitting on your desk right now so that if next week something changes, I have a place to go without having to start the whole thing from the start, from the beginning. Yeah. Um. At this point, uh, let's get into final thoughts because we, we're, we're getting to that time. Um, Patrick, final thoughts. Well, hiring in this uh, climate is uh, difficult to say the least. Um, you know, uh, I, I would encourage everybody out there uh, not to settle for employees, but uh, be proactive and be creative. Um, my my friend Tatsu has been very creative in some of his uh, ways of generating leads yeah, for technicians. That gorilla. Yeah. Market. You know, uh, there's, there's, there's lots of ways to reach people. And I think it's important that uh, if we're continually uh, interviewing people, technicians flock with technicians, right? Um, maybe he's not looking for uh, a job today, uh, but his buddy may be. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to one of my techs and said, hey, this guy over here is looking for a job. Do you know anybody? Because technicians hang out with technicians. So, um, But uh, be diligent, uh, be proactive, uh, be continually uh, searching and seeking out uh, talent because they're out there. CJ? I would say treat everybody the same. Show no favorites. Um, uh, do what you say you're going to do. Uh, praise them uh, when they need praising. Uh, hold them accountable when they need to be held accountable. Uh, and one thing I would say also is that uh, people fall short. Uh, owners and managers fall short on following through on their reviews with their people. I think it's important that we, you know, let them know how they're doing or not doing uh, so, so that we can monitor that stuff and get them the training they needed along the way. So, so we don't, you know, set them up for failure. Okay. Dad. So it sounds like BJ is, is kind of saying, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but take great care of the employees you have and make sure they're mm -hmm. able to be successful. And then you don't have to do as much um, uh, finding new people kind of thing. Um, I want to cover one or two things before I'm, I'm done here. So I'm going to, one is think about advertising yourself differently than you've advertised in the past. There's some great books on telling your story uh, starts with why Simon Sinek um, uh, tell your story in your ad, you know, instead of saying, here's what we have. And, and uh, you know, if you want good pay and you want a good place uh, instead, say something like uh, imagine yourself a year from now working in a, in, in a business where you're, you're really appreciated uh, you get to go home at 5:30 and and enjoy your family. You don't have to worry about work. Um, you're you're able to be successful. You know your environment is this, and and tell the story in your ad of someone who's actually successful, who really uh, uh, loves what they're doing in a company that they love what they're doing, instead of uh, just putting the list out. I I hate the list, and and, and I'll um I'll wrap up with 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 this. Um, if you're if you're not successful today at what you're doing and you're doing everything you think you know how to do, do something else. Add something to the list. Uh, you know, it's funny to me. You know, it's like, oh, you can't hire anybody. You're like, okay, uh, where have you run an ad? Well, Craigslist doesn't work. Well, that's not true. I know a lot of people that have gotten uh, good employees off Craigslist. Um, 
instead of running an ad for a service advisor, run an ad for a, a management trainee, someone that's going to be trained to be management because service advisors are managers. Uh, um, rethink the way that you're, 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 you're doing things. Um, it, it, you know, have you, you know, we, we've got guys that are going uh, to Europe and advertising in Europe for technicians or advertising in other states. I mean, right now, California is being deserted right and left. Uh, uh, advertising California for, for tax. There are wonderful places uh, that you can advertise and bring good people in. And then, of course, you know, um, uh, uh, hire someone that knows how to help you with this. Not, not it, again. If it's not us, that's fine. Um, but, but, but read, study, get the training that you need. Uh, set yourself up for success, and then take good, great care of the employees you have. Awesome. Um, so, at this point, we're going to wrap up the show. We really appreciate everybody. Uh, it was great to answer some questions, and, and uh, sorry about our technical issues. We were, we were having a little bit of a problem with the cameras getting on. Um, our next show is going to be in two weeks. They're going to be the uh, first and third Thursday of every month. Um, so the next one's June 21st, and it's going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. They're going to be at 10 a.m. every day. Um, hopefully not five minutes late today. <laughs> Um, if you guys want to submit questions, uh, you can just email us at questions at iparade.com um, or through Facebook or um, in any way you, you want to reach us. And if you guys think there's topics that you want us to cover, let us know as well. Um, anyway, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. Yep. Have a good day, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Join us next time in The Leading Edge as we talk about the inspection process and how to use it to increase your ARO. As always, The Leading Edge is every first and third Thursday of every month at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join the Institute Group on Facebook and get advice from other top shop owners as well as our experienced consultants. Brought to you by the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Thanks for listening.